Good morning, everybody watching. Um, it's so nice to have you here with me today. Um, I'm uh, also just, I just want to greet a few people online. Um, on my phone, it's still the, the intro now, so there's a little bit of a delay. Um, so, uh, yes, welcome to this morning's devotion. So, uh, yesterday, if you did watch, uh, I spoke about Jesus prophesying the destruction and the complete uh, desolation of Jerusalem and the sanctuary in uh, out of Matthew chapter 23 and Matthew chapter 24. And uh, this week I'm gonna gonna go on um, with that. So because people ask about tribulation, people uh, people are awaiting a tribulation, a seven year period of tribulation because of end time doctrines. And uh, I just want to focus on these things to once for all set you free from the fear of those things. Um, so, but let me just uh, greet a few people. My mother-in-law, Rieta Vessels. It's always good to see you. <laughs> Bless you. Maar kijk dan maar altijd. Nico, hello. Um, Edwin, it's so nice to see you. Bless you, man. Janine, good morning. Good morning, everybody, and everyone else that's watching. I see there's a few other people watching. So, uh, bless you guys, and it's it's good to see you. Morning, Eric. It's good to see you also. All right, so, um, yesterday's message went to almost an hour, and um, these kind of topics do, you know, you have to go into a little bit of detail, so I don't know how long today is going to be, and I'm going to try and keep it short. I do have notes, which helps, because uh, <laughs> then I can cannot go on rabbit trails. I'll stick to the notes, okay? <laughs> so uh, just right from the onset, um, I just want to say um, that everything I'm teaching um, I received from Dr. Kelly Varner. Now, if you don't know him, he, he died a couple of years ago. He was one of the best teachers the church has ever seen. And, and you can buy his books online from, from um, what's it, uh, Destiny something publishers. Um, you can just search for it. Now, all, all I'm saying here today is extensively recorded in his book, Whose Right It Is. So it came out in uh, 20 years ago, in around about 2000 or so. And... Um, that book is um, is basically it's 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 like a, a handbook um, for for theology. So if you want to to check out more detail about this in that book, you you're welcome to get it. Um, I do have the book, but it's at church. <laughs> so um, I, I I was so fortunate to find. Um, a TV program that used to air on Spiritwood Channel years ago, and uh, some people shared it. Um, I think Martin Weidemann was one of them. Thank you, Martin, for sharing that program. There was someone else sharing it as well. Um, so in detail, he, uh, well, he kind of more gives it like an oversight, but it's about a half an hour program, 25-minute program, in which he, he, he describes all these things. So... Um, I will share the link of it a little bit later, and you can you can hear Dr. Kelly Warner speak on it himself. Um, but 
I, I want to make a video myself about this, but I want to acknowledge that um, what I've learned, I learned from him. All right, so Daniel chapter 9. Now, Daniel chapter 9 is a book in which um, the end-time teachers uh, find their seven years of the seven-year tribulation period that they say is still coming. And um, this is the only place in the Bible that they can find that seven-year period, okay? Um, so if they don't have Daniel 9, they don't have a tribulation, all right? So, and if they don't have Matthew chapter 23 and Matthew chapter 24, they don't have a tribulation that still comes. In Matthew chapter 23, close to the end, Jesus himself uh, prophesied the desolation of Jer uh, Jerusalem and um, the sanctuary. And also, but we, we touched on that yesterday, and also in Matthew chapter 24, end of 23 and in around about the middle of 24, um, Jesus said it will all happen in this generation. And I touched on it that a generation is about 40 years. And within that generation, within the time period uh, from when Jesus spoke those words until uh, Jerusalem was destroyed in the Jewish wars in 70 AD. Um, that was within one generation. So it could not have meant uh, that it was postponed to this day and this age or even later. All right, so um, basically what the end-time teachers teach, um, Schofield wrote his Bible in the early 1900s, and um, they basically teach that there's going to be a world ruler, uh, like an antichrist, and um, he's going to be a dictator, and he's going to make a covenant with the Jews in the middle of Daniel's 70th week, and he will, he will break the covenant. All right, so we will look at, at the 70-week period. Okay, so let's start in Daniel chapter 9. I want to start actually reading in verse 21, and until we get to verse 24, where he starts with his 70 weeks, I'm going to read just King James Version. King James Version. All right. He says, um, Yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. Oblations were sacrifices. And verse 22 says, he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. So he came he, to give him understanding about what he was about to say. So, and because of that understanding, uh, that understanding means that uh, we have to interpret the 70 weeks as 70 years. But uh, there's no one disputing that. Uh, everyone um, understands that the 70 weeks speaks of uh, weeks of years. So that means 70 weeks is 70 times 7, a day for a year, 490 years. All right, so verse 23 says, At the beginning of thy supplications the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved, therefore understand the matter and consider the vision. All right, so here we go. Verse 24, Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. So it's about the people, the Jews, the holy city, Jerusalem. To finish the transgression and to make an end of sins. 
and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Okay, now Schofield and um, his colleagues Darby and Locke and uh, pre- preachers, they, it's a futuristic thing. They call it, uh, they, they say that it has not happened yet. This portion of scripture, according to them, has not happened yet. But all six of these points have been fulfilled uh, in, in the life of Jesus, okay? So uh, we will look at all six of those points in a minute. Let me just look at my notes for a second. Um, yeah, so the Savior, yeah, Hebrews chapter 9 says, the Savior died, he put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Okay, so we'll look at that, at that now, at all six points. He says, Daniel read Jeremiah 25 and 29, while he was reading the, the book of Jeremiah, when Gabriel came to him. Okay, so Gabriel spoke of 70 weeks of years. Now, he was reading Jeremiah 25, Jeremiah 29. And in Jeremiah chapter 29, we, we all know verse 11. I know the thoughts and plans that, that I have for you. But in verse 10... He speaks of 70 years of Babylonian captivity. So Jeremiah gave one time period of 70 years. um, And that 70 years is an uninterrupted chronological time period. Now that's the pattern given by Jeremiah. and, And Gabriel came and spoke about 70 weeks of years. He didn't speak of more than one time that would make up the 70 years. He spoke of a single period of time. Um, Dr. Varner also mentioned this. He said in the Hebrew grammar, it's a singular verb that describes a singular period of time of 70 weeks of years. Okay, 70 years says Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10, and 70 weeks of years, said Gabriel to Daniel. All right, so um, so there's many people that started splitting up the last week of the weeks of years, according to, um, we, we'll look at that in detail a little bit later, um, but the, the first one um, that Dr. Varner spoke about was, he said, it was a Jesuit priest called Francisco Ribera, in 1585, the 70th week separated, and, and he basically postponed it until this time. Okay, and then um, Jeremiah's, yeah, I said that Jeremiah's uh, 70 years is a pattern. All right. So it's a 70-year uh, captivity that was from 606 B.C. to 536 B.C., um, and that is what brought... Uh, the understanding for a singular time period of 490 years, 70 weeks, 70 times 7, a day for a year, 490 years. All right, so let's look at the six points mentioned in uh, Daniel 9 verse 24. It says he has to finish transgression. Okay, so in John chapter 19, Jesus was on the cross and he said, it is finished. Point one, okay, uh, make an end of sins. Okay, so 
he made an end of sin. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26. I mentioned it just now, but he, he, he um, let me just read it to you. He offered himself abolishing sin. I mean, Hebrews is full of it. He said also in Hebrews chapter um, 10, verse 9, here I am coming to do your will. Uh, thus he does away with the, with the old as a means of expiating sin. So he ended sins. But let me just read Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26 to you. He says, uh, let's read verse 25 just to, uh, to get the grammar of it. Uh, nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others. So the high priest went with blood of others. For then must he often have had have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Okay, so he put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. That's point two mentioned in, in uh, Daniel 9 verse 24. All right, so it speaks of the foundation of the world in verse 26 in the King James, but now once in the end of the world. So the foundation of the world and the end of the world. That world is the Jewish world, the beginning and the ending of the old world, the old Jewish covenant. All right, so it doesn't speak of the end of the earth. It speaks of the end of the world. And I mentioned that yesterday as well. So that's point two. We finish the transgression, make an end of sins. That's point two. Make reconciliation for iniquity. Okay, well, that's easy. Second Corinthians chapter 5, he says in, in verse 19, To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So we, we know the Amplified a little bit better in this, in this scripture. He says, it was God personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself, not counting up and holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them and committing to us the message of reconciliation. All right. And then um, it goes on. So he brought reconciliation to bring everlasting righteousness. Well, we can just go to verse 21. He says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in, in him. So uh, he brought that righteousness on the cross, as everybody knows. If you're a Christian, surely you believe that. Okay, and seal up the vision and prophecy. Now, in Acts chapter 3, Jesus, uh, uh, Peter spoke about Jesus being the prophet that Moses prophesied about. And Moses prophesied and said, um, they will come a prophet like unto me, and him shall you hear. And everyone that doesn't listen to him shall be utterly exterminated from among the people. So Jesus was the prophet that, was, um, uh, that, that came uh, in the same way as, as Moses, as Moses prophesied. He, Jesus is the prophet that Moses prophesied about. And Jesus came to seal up the vision and the prophecy. Okay, so um, in the Hebrews, he's also full of it. He says, here I am coming to do everything that is written of me in the volume of the book. So everything that was written of him in the law and the prophets, he came to fulfill it. Okay. So he, uh, he was to seal, seal the vision and the prophecy and to anoint 
the most holy. So, I mean, we know that off by heart at this ministry. It's Hebrews chapter 10, verse 20. He says he, he entered in for us. He opened for us a fresh new living way by the power of the blood of Jesus through the separating curtain, that is, through his flesh. So he opened up the Holy of Holies. The veil of the Holy of Holies was rent and opened up. Okay, so, but now... Uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12, says, He went once for all into the Holy of Holies, not by virtue of blood of goats and calves in which to make reconciliation between God and man, but his own blood, having found and secured a complete redemption and everlasting release for us. There's everything rolled up into one. There's the everlasting righteousness. There's the sanctification of the Holy of Holies. There's the um, reconciliation. It's all there. All right. So, all right. So, nowhere in this scripture in this passage of scripture does it mention the antichrist nowhere in this passage of scripture does it mention the end of the world nowhere in this passage passage of of scripture uh, does it say there's going to be seven years of tribulation there's absolutely no mention of it okay so let's go on to verse 25 know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build jerusalem Unto the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks. So it's very clear. It speaks of going back to rebuild Jerusalem and the, the temple after uh, the Babylonian captivity. And it speaks of uh, the coming of Messiah, the Prince. Now we know that Jesus is Messiah and Jesus is the Prince. All right. So um, that's when Antiochus the king in Ezra chapter 7 sent Ezra back to Jerusalem to rebuild it and that's the year 457 BC now there's some other teachers that don't want to take it at 457 BC they they uh, insist that it has to be uh for 445, but it's not 445. Uh, it's 457 BC when Ezra came to Jerusalem to start to rebuild it in the autumn of 457 BC. Now, this period starts in 457 BC and it ends in uh, 400 year, 490 years later in 34 AD at the stoning of Stephen. Now, this is, that's 490 years, that's the 70 weeks, all one uninterrupted time period at the stoning of Stephen in Acts chapter 7. Okay, so uh, Messiah the Prince, seven weeks and three score and a half. So let's read verse 25 again. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and rebuild Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince shall be seven weeks and three score and a half. Um, and two weeks, the street shall be built again, and the wall, even the troublous times. Okay, so um, there's scriptural reference of this being, I can't remember it now. I think it's in Osea. Uh, please don't quote me on that. I can't remember now what he said. Um, but that was fulfilled in scripture. Okay, verse 26. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. 
but not for himself and the people of the prince that shall come, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. Okay, so let's read this. He says, after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself, and the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city, and a sanctuary. So Messiah that was cut off was the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And the prince that came, that came to destroy the city and the sanctuary, was obviously, uh, there you have it, it's the prince Titus of Rome destroyed Jerusalem and the sanctuary. And that happened in the Jewish wars in AD 66 to AD 70. All right, so... Um, now, this is significant because this means Messiah would be cut off before the destruction of the city, which means that uh, the Jews still waiting for him to come cannot be because this, the city was destroyed. It had to happen before the city was destroyed, as Daniel prophesied. So Messiah cannot still be coming. Messiah came. Messiah came and he paid the price for the sin of the world. So you can't still be waiting for Messiah and call it the coming of the Messiah uh, for the Jews and the second coming for the Christians as being the same event. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's, it's total deception. Okay, so they said, um, for instance, also the people teach that, that 445 B.C., um, starts this 70-week period, and then it ends when Jesus comes into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. But it's not true. The 69 weeks that is prophesied ends when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River. So it starts when Ezra came to Jerusalem to rebuild it, and the 69 weeks, the end of it, stops when Jesus put his feet in the water and John the Baptist baptized Jesus in the Jordan River. When, Jesus, uh, when the John the Baptist came up out of the river, the 70th week started. Remember, it's an uninterrupted time period. All right. So, in the midst of this 70-week period, this is where... Everything happened that we believe that makes us Christians, okay? In this 70th week, the last week, uh, Jesus said there in the midst of it, so it says uh, in the middle of it, three and a half years, uh, the, the Messiah will be cut off, okay? Later, the city will be destroyed, Now, verse 27 says, He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, He shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, He shall make it desolate, even until the consummation 
and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Okay. He shall confirm the covenant with many. Okay. Jesus confirmed the covenant. He spoken of in verse 27 is the same he that was spoken of in verse 25, Messiah the Prince. It can't mean anything else. He shall confirm the covenant. So he came to fulfill everything that was written of him in the volume of the book. He did not come to just be killed. He came to fulfill everything of the covenant. He fulfilled the covenant in the last little bit of the detail. Jesus said, I did not come to take away the law, but to fulfill it in the last detail. So he came, he confirmed the covenant, okay, with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, three and a half years, he shall cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease. Okay, so when Jesus was crucified, Jesus was the antitype of all the other types. So Jesus was the one that all the other things prefigured. Jesus was the one that everything spoke about. Jesus was the Lamb of God. He was the fulfillment of the Passover. He was the fulfillment of all the feasts. He was the fulfillment of all the sacrifices. He was the fulfillment of everything written. So, I mean, we've looked at this extensively through the book of Hebrews. And in Hebrews uh, chapter 9, it speaks of the this, uh, sacrifices. The high priest went in once a year to bring sacrifices for the people and so on. But Jesus fulfilled all these things and he went with blood of his, his own blood, having uh, secured a complete and everlasting redemption for us. He went in once for all. Once for all means the ending of all the sacrifices and oblations. Oblations is a sacrifice. Okay, so he came to end all of it. So in the midst of the seven-week period, so that's exactly three and a half years after Jesus was baptized, he was crucified, okay? Uh, the sacrifices and oblations ceased, and for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate. So Jesus, like I said before, himself prophesied the desolation of Jerusalem in the end of Matthew chapter 23 and in Matthew chapter 24. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I longed to gather you like a hen gathers her chickens, but you would not. All right, so uh, he says, therefore your house will be left desolate. Okay, even until the consummation and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. All right, let's look at a few notes that I have here. All right, so we have the uninterrupted time period, and we have the six points. Okay. Okay, so the king of Persia, Antiserxes, sent Ezra back in 457. It um, ends in the autumn of AD 34 uninterrupted time period at the stoning of Stephen in Acts chapter 7. Okay, so exactly from the crucifixion until Stephen was stoned in the, in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 7, was also exactly three and a half years. Now, Acts chapter 7 marks the end of the prophecy of Daniel, of the end of the 70th week. All right. So, yeah, first, first half was the three and a half years of Jesus' ministry. 
Now, just think of it. If if these guys um, are right, the, these teachers, Schofield, and them, then it means that Jesus' ministry hasn't happened yet. The whole of Jesus' three and a half years of ministry was the first half of the week, and they say it hasn't happened yet. The last three and a half years is Jesus moved in Jerusalem among the, the Jews through the apostles. Schofield said it, it hasn't happened. Okay, so, um, so Jesus was still after the resurrection. He was moving still in the midst of his people, and he was still moving in the city of Jerusalem. Okay, so um, his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, the um, pouring out of the Holy Spirit, all of that happened in the 70th week of the prophecy of Daniel. So the last week is the most important week of all because that's where Jesus was crucified. That's where he was put in the tomb and he was raised from the dead. That's where, uh, where the Holy Spirit where he ascended and the Holy Spirit was poured out. And that's where the apostles started moving in the same power as Jesus. Jesus moving in them and through them in the same city, in the same place to fulfill everything that was written by Daniel. Okay. So the last um, three and a half years of the 70th week is the first seven chapters of the book of Acts. All right. Okay, verse 27, in the midst of the week, he shall confirm the covenant. We talked about that, Messiah the Prince. Jeremiah mentioned the covenant, yes. Uh, Jeremiah uh, verse, uh, 31, verse 31 to 34, and we've quoted that many times. It's also quoted in Hebrews chapter 8 and Hebrews chapter 10. He said, I will make a covenant in those days, and it will not be like the covenant, covenant that I made with the forefathers where I withdrew my favor if they were disobedient. Um, but this covenant, it, it shall be, um, he says, I will write my laws in their hearts and their minds, and they will all know the Lord, and no one shall have to say, know the Lord, because they will all know me. And, um, and, it's, and he says, and I will write my laws on their hearts and minds, and their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. So that speaks of the blood of Jesus, the testament that was brought by the blood of Jesus. Okay, it's, a, it's an inheritance, and it's an everlasting agreement. So the eternal covenant was not the covenant made uh, with Moses on Mount Horeb. Um, that had an expiry date, and the expiry date was the cross. Uh, Galatians chapter 3 is clear on that. It was intended to be in effect until a seed should come. But this a uh, new testament that we have is based on the promise made beforehand to Abraham, also according to Galatians chapter 3, and I spoke about that yesterday. So um, it's an everlasting agreement. Based, It's given to us in the form of a testament uh, and activated by the death of the testator, and we can now freely receive their inheritance. All right. So... Um, so, this Antichrist thing was an invention of human mind. This Antichrist thing was Schofield's invention. It's not scripture. 
Okay, when First John chapter 4 speaks of Antichrist, it speaks of the spirit of Antichrist. Not the Antichrist, one person, one world ruler, one dictator. It speaks of the spirit of Antichrist. That means everybody speaking against what the Holy Spirit is saying. So we need to be careful that we are saying what God is saying and that we are saying what Scripture is saying, uh, that we don't find ourselves speaking on the wrong side of this thing. Uh, Antichrist means everyone that's opposing Christ, which is the anointing. All right. The Spirit of God. Okay, so um, the 70th week, AD 27 to AD 34, the middle of that week, spring AD 31, Jesus died in Jerusalem among the people among the Jews. His sacrifice called all, caused all sacrifices and, and ablations um, to cease, all offerings to cease. Um, once for all fulfilled, the blood sacrifice, uh, Schofield says there will be animal sacrifices in a rebuilt temple. This is a, this is a strong point. So uh, if, you, if you take this whole rapture thing, uh, they want to rebuild the temple. Jesus said, Break down this temple, and in three days I will build it up again. I will raise it up again, but he was referring to his body. So the temple in the New Testament is not a building. The temple in the New Testament is the body. Do you not know by this time that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost? Do you not know that you are God's temple? Do you not recognize the Jeremiah 31 and many other scriptures says, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And God wants to dwell in them. Revelation says that God, um, uh, behold the abode of God is with men. We are his dwelling place. We are the temple of God. Okay, so the sacrifice that was offered um, that cleansed this temple was the blood of Jesus. And there's never going to be animal sacrifices in a rebuilt temple again. That's sacrilege. That's blasphemy. That's trampling the blood of, of Jesus. That's speaking against the grace that the Holy Spirit imparts. It's dangerous territory. People, we cannot go there. We cannot walk over the sacrifice in the blood of Jesus and go back to the animal sacrifices. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 8 says, um, it says, the Holy Spirit points out that, that uh, if the old is recognized, if the old tabernacle is recognized, the institution is still standing, the way into the true Holy of Holies is not yet open. So you close the door in your own face and you close the door in the faces of everyone else to enter into the kingdom of God, enter into the very certainty of the presence behind the veil if we Go back and revert back to the law. Galatians chapter 3. You stupid, senseless, foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? You who began in the spirit. Are you now reaching perfection by dependence on the flesh? You who were sanctified by the blood of Jesus. You who were filled with his Holy Spirit. Are you now reaching perfection by animal sacrifices in a natural building? Did you never read then in Acts chapter 7? That he says that, uh, that David could not build the temple. For God, because he found grace in God's sight. In the Old Testament, said it because it was that blood in his hand. But in Acts chapter seven, he says because he found grace in the sight of God. So he could not build the temple where the sacrifices were made. But his son built the temple. But then he says, but God does not dwell in temples made with hands. So where does God dwell? In His body, the church, the body which is the church, which is the temple, which is us. You are. The temple 
of the Holy Spirit. Now, just think of, of some other stuff that the rapture doctrine says. It's just like, you, uh, if you don't live right, you're going to miss the rapture. So that's legalism in its finest form, just there. But then if you, if you miss the rapture, then you have to give your own blood as a martyr by the teaching of 144,000 Jewish rabbis that does not believe in Jesus without the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit goes with the rapture. So without the Holy Spirit, with your own blood as giving as a martyr under the teaching of 144,000 people that does not believe in Jesus, now suddenly you'll be saved. When the Holy Spirit for 2,000 years and the blood of Jesus for 2,000 years and the preaching of the gospel could not save you. What absolute deception, what nonsense are people dreaming up in this time? Okay, what absolute nonsense to, to say that your blood can can at all be compared to the blood of Jesus. To say that, that the teaching of Jewish rabbis that crucified Jesus, that, that does not believe in him, that rejected him, well, by, the, by their teaching, you give your own blood as a sacrifice to save yourself? Are you kidding me? That is absolute blasphemy. That's trampling on the blood of Jesus. All right. Let's just get back to the truth because this stuff, it is obviously deception. It's so obviously deception that I, I can't believe that people who flow in the Holy Ghost, people who preach the blood of Jesus can, can stand up and preach these lies and deceptions. I, I can't understand it. I can't understand it. Lord Jesus, I pray for wisdom in the church and I pray for correction of these doctrines in Jesus' name. Right. Okay, so the first seven chapters of Acts happened among the Jews in Jerusalem. Okay? The Jew first, also the Greek. Romans chapter 1. He, uh, he came, the, the gospel is the power of God and salvation. Um, uh, to the Jew first, also the Greek. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is ascribed. Um, from faith to faith, for the just shall live by faith. All right, so... He came to the Jew first, also Greek. When Stephen was stoned, um, God turns to the Gentiles in the last remainder of the 70th week. Okay, you, you can see that there. Stephen was stoned in Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 8, um, Philip turns to Samaria and he starts preaching to the Samaritans. Okay, and the Jews were not supposed to have any contact with him. Acts chapter 9, Paul, God is calling to the uncircumcised. Acts chapter 10, Cornelius' household receives the gospel when they got Peter to preach to them, and uh, they got filled with the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 13, we touched on it the other day, Paul said, uh, you proved yourself to be um, unworthy of eternal life. Now we turn to the Gentiles. And they, he never turned back to the Jews again. All right. So, and then... Everything, first, it, it happened in Jerusalem. Everything happened in Jerusalem. And they stayed in Jerusalem. And the church in Jerusalem was always poor. And all the other churches always had to take up offerings for the church in Jerusalem. Okay? So, but then they moved to Antioch. And from there on, the center point of everything happening, the headquarters, if you will, was moved to Antioch and not Jerusalem. So, Jerusalem um, isn't, 
any more such a spiritual place. You can go there to see what the history of what happened, and you can go there to 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 wow to see wow this is you can see the Bible playing out in front of you, and you can you can just have awesome experiences with God there. And but Jerusalem as a as a holy place, not anymore, not anymore. Um, the holy place is everywhere where the holy people of God are. So everywhere you put your foot is the, what God has given to you as your inheritance. So uh, the Bible says, uh, the earth will be filled with the glory and the knowledge of the glory of God as the water covers the sea. So God wants everything to be holy. Every city is holy. Everywhere where believers are, are sanctified by the believers. Okay. So um, this chapter has absolutely nothing to do with these end times. It's a prophecy speaking of what's going to happen from Babylonian captivity right up until the stoning of Stephen. And it's ending there in, in AD 34 at the stoning of Stephen where the, the Jewish nation as a chosen nation was rejected the uh, Matthew chapter 3, the axe lies at the root of the tree, cut off. Romans chapter 11, they were cut off, but they, God did not reject them. Uh, so God didn't reject them for the first three and a half years um, after Jesus died. That's the second three and a half years of the week. Um, until from Jesus' crucifixion till the stoning of Stephen... Uh, it all happened in Jerusalem. We, the gospel was extended to them. So God didn't reject the Jews, but they need to understand that they will only be saved through faith in the gospel. They need to be washed in the blood of Jesus. Um, there's no other way. There's no other name by which we must be saved in the name of Jesus. There's no other way to be sanctified than to be sanctified through the washing of the blood of Jesus and be filled with his Holy Spirit. All right, so there's, there's nothing in the scripture that, that says um, the last week is still coming. It's an uninterrupted time period. Right, so um, I hope this has helped you. Uh, even so, if you want to read more carefully into these things, I do advise you to get the book of Dr. Kelly Warner, uh, Destiny House Publisher. Um, whose right it is. And there's other books that he wrote that's also excellent. So, so um, I, I can encourage you to get those books. So isn't it just something to rejoice in that there's no tribulation coming? Isn't it just something to rejoice in that the tribulation that was, that was spoken of by Daniel in chapter 9 and prophesied by Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 23 and Matthew chapter 24 was fulfilled in its entirety, fulfilled in absolute detail as recorded by the writings of Josephus um, in the Jewish wars from 66 AD to 70 AD um, in Jerusalem. It was all finished. It's all done. There's no tribulation coming. So God's agenda for this earth is as follows. Go into all the world and preach this gospel to every creature. And these that believe and are baptized will be saved. And those who believe not will be condemned. Okay, so the preaching of the gospel, evangelism, preaching of the gospel to the whole world, to all the nations of the earth is God's agenda. Why? Because he wants everyone to be saved. He does not will anyone to be lost. All right? He wants everyone to be saved 
by faith in the blood of Jesus. And then also, God wants to fill this earth with the knowledge of the glory of God. God's agenda is glory. God's agenda is not destruction, giving it over to a false prophet or some beast or some... That's, that's human imaginings. It's not the truth of the gospel. It's not the truth of scripture. Um, if you believe that, you are... Uh, depriving this whole generation of the revival of the word that was prophesied. If you, if you believe that, you're depriving the whole generation of the life that is revealed when the truth of the gospel is truly preached. So let us stop compromising the word. Uh, let us stop trying to, um, to prove the this, this scriptures by looking at the newspapers. People, really, um, yes, I believe there are prophets who prophet will prophesy world events. Wonderful. And I can, I can show you their web pages and they're accurate and it's wonderful. But I'm sorry, the moment we, we bring um, Daniel and the end times into that prophecy, I'm not there because it's all fulfilled in the scripture. All right? So I'm sorry, but there's not going to be a temple rebuilt in Jerusalem. Um, <clears throat> those things, Jesus ended it for a very specific reason all right so um he wants to dwell in you and me you are the temple you are where the holy of holy is you are where the spirit of god dwells you are the sun the glory you are the manifestation of the christ on the earth today the son jesus christ living in you as a believer and he will do right across the whole world He's, he's filling the whole world with his kingdom according to the dream that Daniel had about the statue, the rock growing, 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 and filling the whole earth. Nothing of that uh, speaks of any calamity coming or any uh, seven-year period coming where everyone is going to be destroyed. It's not true. All right, so thank you, guys. Bless you. Love you. Amen.